0: On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about software-defined AV. What is its impact on the way we do business and what are the things that need to be concerning as well as where are the benefits? All that and more on A State of Control.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This
2: is AV. This. This This is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AP
0: nation A state of control.
3: A state of control.
0: A state of control, episode 67. Clouds on a page. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
2: QSC, who invites you to go native with the QSIS audio, video, and control ecosystem.
0: Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the AV industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So, today's show, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic that let's call it software defined AV how software has now impacted the physical components of AV systems. So with me to discuss this uh, very intriguing topic is one familiar guest and somebody that's new to the show. So first, let me welcome my partner to, uh, of a state of control. He is none other than Rich Fergoza. Welcome, Rich, how are you?
1: Mellow West Coast, greetings. It's good. It's, uh, it's actually Friday, so this is, this is working out great.
0: And, and we have a West Coast show for you today. I'm telling you. Uh, next, uh, he comes to us from the Pacific Northwest, another West Coaster, and he's an industry professional. He's none other than Nick Miller. How are you, Nick? Welcome back.
2: Doing well. Thanks for having me again, Stephen Rich.
0: Thanks for being here. And last but not least, somebody who's new to the show, but not new to uh, Aviation or the industry, uh, he comes to us from USC, and he also is... The recently crowned 2019 AV Professional of AV Nation He's Joe Way. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. So, we've all seen the s- simplification of AV over the years, and uh, we well, we went from racks of equipment simply to uh, displays and and computer inputs and. It really is a consolidation and 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 a new way of thinking uh, to go from more of the hardware side of things to to uh, a soft software solutions uh, and now they are very intriguing but they also provide uh, so, some means to to sit back and think uh, what impact do they have and and how is that going to change the way we do things so rich we're we're big fans of software here at a state of control and uh you know so i'm sure that this is something that we'll we'll have a lot to talk about but what what impact does this software solution have just on the the av industry in general i'm
1: gonna go ahead and uh pull out the the old trick from radio i'm gonna use my self edit button with this but it is a mother bleeper uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it's great in that we've been waiting for this forever i i you know it, um uh, it, starting out in the industry and, and and you know people who are new to the industry don't you know i, I do feel like grandpa richie's stepping in sometimes well so, you know back in my day we used to solder things uphill in the snow and uh When there was an issue and when you were dealing with analog, and let's even take it back before digital, let's take it back before HDMI, let's take it back before even some of the digital video and digital audio transmission standards. When you're dealing with with analog audio and video, you had a mechanical issue that typically was something that could be isolated and dealt with from a control standpoint. Um, And you were in partnership with the integrator uh, a lot more. So typically, if you were in the field... um, You know, you've already written your code. You've already gotten everything checked out. And, you know, for the most part, you're pretty sure the gazintas and the gazoutas and everything is roughly going to do what you expect it to. By the time you get into the field and by the time you commission and you're working with a field engineer with techs or, you know, whoever happens to be there, you're you're basically troubleshooting physical connections, right? Did something get unplugged? Did something get plugged in the wrong place? Um, Is something interfering with something else? I mean, these are... Time-honored troubleshooting techniques that were around for 50 years prior, up until that point. Slide forward to digital transmission, um, HDMI, um, digital audio. However, you want to you know send those, those those signals. You then started kind of upping the ante did HTCP start getting in the way? Was it a copy protection issue? Was it an EDID issue that prevented the video from getting from one side to the other? You know, uh, you started dealing with, but again, you were dealing with something that was a bit more physical in nature. It was something that you could look at the unit, you could look at the display or the endpoint or anything else that you were talking to on the other side and say, oh, that's not right. <laughs> that didn't exactly go the way that we expected. And And a technician, somebody who who was in the field trained to deal with audio video issues would then be in partnership with you and you'd kind of suss it out and great you get moving along fast forward to now now for years and years we'd gripe about it because you know the technician would say if we can get rid of the programmer's life it would be great and the programmers are saying if we can get rid of the technicians it would be great we got our wish first <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like the story of the monkey's paw right you know be careful what you wish for um once we started moving into a data-driven transmission line, uh, you know, system, we start getting on our own a little bit more because now you can't look at somebody and say you hooked it up wrong because they're saying, "I plugged the network jack in, I'm good, Jack. You know, I'm, I'm going to go grab lunch. I'll see you in a bit. Figure it out." Now we're dealing with a whole new set, um, a whole new team to work with, and, that, and that's IT. And now, whether you're working residentially, whether you're working commercially, whether you're working government education, the odds escalate. You know, residential got a little bit more play. You know, the, the, the integrator typically is the one handling the networking. They typically have somebody with the set to be able to work with you, and you can still kind of work in the traditional methods. You now start moving into education, government, corporate sector. You're dealing with an entire department. You're dealing with an entire group of people who one, may not have the time for you because there are 50 other things. Uh, Two, they don't necessarily understand what you're doing yet. So you have to train with them to to start to work together. And and the last thing is from our side, um, I know me personally, there's a certain point where I get to networking, I'm way above my pay grade. Um, Fast forward to now to AV over IP, that's significant. You know, if, if you're not talking about IGMP, if you're not talking about layer two versus layer three, if you're not talking about what does fast leave mean? I didn't know what it meant three years ago. Um, all of these things now directly affect your ability to deploy your systems because at the end of the day, it still says control system XYZ and that's still what you're responsible for. So regardless of whether it isn't not my job, um, it's, it's still a matter of getting it from from there so so yeah it's a it's it's a mother bleeper at this point and we're 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 having to learn how to best um, work with new teams and 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 increase again our level of expertise because we need to be able to communicate where a problem is and to diagnose where a problem is and be able to say hey we're there from X disease so even before we get to the how does it do things? How do we get things transmitted? We're having to start all over and saying, is it transmitting?" And, and that's been a challenge. I, I, you know, I know for me, um, it's, it's been a very steep <laughs> uphill curve. I mean, we're, we're starting to flatten it out a bit, but I think it's a challenge that a lot of control systems programs are running into right now.
0: So Nick, uh, you've been on you know, several sides of this, you know, uh, in, throughout your career, and and you know, currently looking at things from a programmer standpoint, but also being able to appreciate from a an end user or from an integrator standpoint. Uh, the, the as Rich discussed, there's a there's a lot more that goes into this. You know, how, how do you go about directing traffic and and sorting things out to be able to make a solution work, uh, because it it also is about defining roles too, isn't it?
2: It it is, and uh, it's all about standards. And the fun thing about standards, as we all know, is there's so many to choose from.
0: (laughs) So really, uh,
2: for any particular project, picking a a, a product alignment uh, that uses similar approaches, similar standards, and staying as consistent as possible uh, will lead to the most success um, if you just start. I think that's where us as control uh, control system programmers uh, and engineers will come become more and more valuable. Is being able to say instead of just pick, picking product off shelf A, shelf B, shelf C, being able to say, okay, these products really align with each other in how they uh, in how they operate um, between codecs. Transport layers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're seeing that now with um, particular sw- switch manufacturer A works very well with video over IP, this video over IP solution. Switch switch manufacturer B, or even a particular line or a particular model within the same manufacturer, doesn't work very well. Um, so that's where it's really going to take a lot of communication uh, throughout the industry, as well as just history and getting your hands dirty.
0: Uh, Joe, uh, when it comes to, to looking at systems that, that you put in, you know, you have a hand in, uh, designing them, I'm sure, and specifying mm-hmm. them, but also having to maintain them. Um, where, wh- what, what, are some of the criteria that you use kind of talking to the, what, what Nick said to, to be able to, to make those, those choices and know that the outcomes that you're going to get are what, what you're hoping for.
3: You know, it's, it's an interesting time because, you know, even just starting with what what, uh, Rich was saying with the, um, you know, when you have all these boxes you're used to putting in and you can plug in the cables, you can find how to service that much easier, right? That's the biggest challenge you start to make is where, you know, how are you going to be able to understand where your issues are, making sure that the signal is flowing, um, figuring out which way you want to do it. On the other hand, um, I look at this as huge opportunities, right? At an enterprise level. So we have hundreds of rooms and I've got tons of student workers who have to go out into the field to service. Well, sometimes it was easier to just say, hey, it's this black box that you're gonna unplug and plug back in. Well, that doesn't exist anymore, right? You've got encoder nodes and decoder nodes and that's your room, right? And now um, the difference is I also recognized, I had a hundred and some uh, student workers who were also computer scientists and I went, uh, there's a huge opportunity here uh, because now as you start moving your, your services onto virtual servers or into the cloud or uh, as on client, uh, as client applications running within a room of some sort, your ability to service just actually, I think, becomes easier if you can speak the language. Because now, you really don't need to leave your desk or your office to restart a room, to check a room, to see if signal is flowing, because you can just route it right to where you are, right? You can route it to speakers that are sitting next to you to make sure that it's working. Uh, You can, you know, route the video to where you are to see that it comes through on your screen. There are so many things that you can do when you start I mean, almost being a an internal managed services provider, right? Um, and that that be, that's really the change now. What does that mean when you're designing a system? Does it mean your your line drawings are just a bunch of clouds on a picture on a on a page? Uh, maybe, uh, but I think that that's really where it's exciting. And and again, it comes back to you know how which ones are you going to pick? Are they are they stable? What happens when uh, you know your little nuck decides to do a, a, a reboot and now your services are gone. Who knows? There's still a lot to be figured out with that. What, are we talking to our network team? I think I think it's ironic a few years ago, I think I was definitely a network stupid and now I can actually have a, a, a genius, con- oh, all right, I'll call it ingenious, a, an ingenious conversation for a AV person with my network team. You know, I'll surprise myself every now and then when I throw out random, you know, four letter, you know, things and go, Oh, I actually knew what that meant. Um, but those are the conversations you have to have. And when we can join that conversation, things just get, get a lot easier. Um, it's just different. And we all know that all the black boxes were just software running inside of somebody's black boxes. It just made us feel good to be able to plug in the cable and connect one box to another. It's still all the same stuff. It's just how we're going to manage it has changed.
0: I, um, Nick, you know, kind of carrying on what what Joe just said, you know, the fact that we need to learn to to talk the IT language, and it may even be more than that. Also, understanding what how how IT is is handled from a from a business perspective. Uh, it, it, what 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 are some steps that that can be taken to to get there? Because it is it is different, even though we feel like we're we've been playing in this world for some time.
2: It is. I, re- I really see this as kind of uh, the second wave or convergence 2.0, if you will. T- Ten years ago, uh, our industry was wringing its hand quite a bit about AV and IT Is And is AV going to go away and get absorbed into the IT monster? Um, and as we've seen, that hasn't happened. Uh, if anything, we've, uh, we as an industry have increased our position at the table um, and been able to Improve the solutions that we deliver because of the, um, the gains that we've made on the IT side. This is really just the next wave of that. Uh, as Joe was saying, uh, for, for a while now, uh, many of our products have been boxes running software that you then just connect to another box running software. And to, to make the same point, it, it's just con- being consolidated into, um, into commodity hardware that's more reliable than what we've had before, more predictable uh, and more stable. Um, so uh, if you look at the back, uh, if you actually look at the uh, owner's manual of any piece of gear you purchase today and look in the back in the declarations and warranty and all that stuff, you'll see all the o- uh, open source um, declarations uh, that, that they have used inside that any given pro- product. And those lists are growing leaps and bounds of, okay, we've used FFmpeg uh, for our encoding or or a thousand other examples. Um, And that's really where, um, how the products are made these days and will continue to be made. So understanding the tool sets that the manufacturers are using is really the the best way to stay ahead of it.
0: Rich, um... Joe made a comment that I I really like, that uh, and and, you know about the clouds on a page, right? And that's something that I think is kind of scary, right? Because from a programmer's perspective, and 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 from a third-party programmer's perspective, we were always relying on this is your design, and and kind of it it built gave you a little bit of a framework to say, okay, I know that the scope that I have to deliver is, goes within this design. Clouds on a page that opens things up to a whole different set of rules. Um, what, what, what do we do, how, how do we respond to that, and, and, and um, what, what, what's the, the right way of being able to handle it? Because we wanna, of course, be accommodating, but the, this, the, this could, could uh, open the door to, to some difficult situations.
1: It's interesting. I found that it changed my workflow um, a couple of years ago in terms of the documents that I create or the documents that I present to the team as, based on projects before, Here's something that we've come up with because, yeah, you know, from, you, you know, you get your cat drawing. And you get your cat drawing from department, from production. And sure enough, there is a giant cloud there, right? And, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'd laugh. I kind of want to write the cloud, you know, and, you know, just one thing on one side and one thing on the other and just one giant cloud in between. Because that's what it feels like half the time, right? Because you're like, how, how do you draw this? How do you connect this? And what's interesting is moving from the physical to, you know, the the bit-based um architecture uh, of these systems um, I found on our side we wound up going a little bit old school but with a new twist in the old days you know you'd have a spreadsheet and and you would have you know your inputs and your outputs and you would just kind of put your check boxes next to them um, with us again now that we are networked and we're communicating with the team we have live documents that we create that sit inside our repository. That when we work with the networking team or with our 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 team in the field, we're keeping a live list of IP addresses, port assignments, um, uh, transmission packet types. You know, is it uh, is it UDP? Is it TCP? You know, all the little things that you know. When you're like, oh man, what's happening with this thing? That with when you're working with a technician and basically now you're giving them a laptop and you're like, um. Guys, is port 23 open? Guys, is port 2660 open? Are you sure that you didn't block us from getting to this point? And they go, yes, we checked. So now, in our commissioning sheet, we sit there with a live document that's open on everybody's screens, and we just go tick, 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 tick. At the very least, if nothing else, we have they've got uh, plausible deniability <laughs> that that you know some diligence is done. And so, and so for me, that's that's where. I found we had to shift again in terms of our documentation and our communication standards. Um, you know the beauty of real-time communication, with, and we've talked about this in other shows. you know, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of um, you know programs like Slack or, or or you know if you're using Teams or you know any flavor of communication software that you want that's project-based. Um, I think it you now is an integral tool in a programmer's toolkit. Uh, I think if you're not using it, um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice for the sheer reason of, and I've always told this to, to novice programmers, I'm not worried about the programming I'm doing today. I'm not worried about the details that I know about the project today because I'm right in the middle of it and it's all you know right there. Those synapses are still firing of, oh yeah, I can remember that over here you had this switch and that was over here and that wasn't connected. What I need is I need something to chronicle when we come back two, three, four, five, ten 10 years later, and we look at this project and go, why did it happen that way? And you pull up these documents and you go, oh, um, you know, and, and so in the, I'm going to date myself again, but in the, the early, early, early days of Crestron, there was an unwritten book. And the unwritten book had kind of the unwritten rules of how the processor worked and how the programming worked. And it was called the book of Jeff and, uh, when you didn't quite know what you, you know, what was going on, you know, that was always kind of the tone that you would go back to. And so we've taken, and, and really that's what I took it back to is we, we, for each project, we create that book, that, that, that um, uh, touchstone um, that everybody can look back at and go, okay, pull this information, find this information and not lose that information. Cause again, drawings, if you don't, it, it, it's no different than your As built, right? You can make the best, Uh, laid out uh, connection diagram ever. But if you make changes in the field and nobody makes it, nobody notes it, but more importantly goes back and then reissues it and and revisions it, you're almost at the point where like, why did you do it? Um, And I think that that is from the software-based world now, from the bit-based architecture, that even more so than ever, it's tough because programmers by a general rule were lazy, right? We try to do it faster, quicker, more efficient, you got to document, um, and and so that's that's the, the the big one for me is that it's forcing me to be more disciplined in how I catalog and how I document a project in real time because that has saved my butt so many times. Perfect example, you know. I mean, I, I wired the house. I've got all kinds of stuff in here. Um, you know, when I switched over to you know an IP an AV over IP based system here at the house. I'm spending my money on switches now, you know, I've got my hardware, but now what am I having to try out when I'm trying, trying something new? I'm buying a new network switch because I'm wondering how does this network switch work with the stuff that I have here? How does this network switch either have issues or doesn't all of these, you know? And so from a programmer standpoint, you have a whole, when, when you're in development, you're not only having to consider your transmission and and your your receiving pieces, you're having to go, gosh, what about that piece in the middle? Does it you know, has somebody tested it? Has you hope it has, but have you tested it? Have you figured out where your gotchas are in there? So I mean it's 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 frustrating and fun all at the same time because like Nick said, it is, it is convergence is is real. It's real. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about it forever. So
3: you know, I want to attack on that because with your way you are documenting, we also have to recognize that we need to to document the software versions that we're using as well. So if you think that you're That's going a great to, point. and let's take, you know, for example, I mean, I guess the big hit of ISC being Intellimix Room, right? Now, if you're just sitting there thinking that you're drawing out a Dante system or something like that or routing your audio, um, the key is you have to also note that it's not, you know, and it's a typical line drawing, you're drawing from, you know, output one into input whatever, right? And you can physically see that. Now you have to actually state that you're going into this software version 1.1 something because down the road, when you pull this out, like you said, you know, two years from now, well, when that software gets updated and that uh, your system was designed based on a current version of a software offering, and so we have to now recognize that this is what, what it is that you're putting it into, you're putting it into you know the Dante number, you know, channel 17 or whatever they're doing, but also based on that current version uh, because that's what's gonna bite us, I think. And if we wanna talk about the fear of uh, software-defined AV, it's what happens when the software changes. The boxes in the firmware only go so much, right? We can get, still get screwed up when someone updates their firmware, but it doesn't happen as much as literally a software going, hey, I'm completely redefining it. Now maybe those links don't link anymore. And what you completely designed um, a system based on just might not exist. Well, a, a physical port will never go away. A virtual port can. Right? And I think that's an important note.
0: So, so following up on that, Joe, uh, you know, uh, one of the questions I was going to have for you is, you know, a lot of times we, uh, as programmers, uh, and and especially independents, we're we're always questioned about, okay, when something goes wrong, how how you know the, the client is saying, how are we going to get it fixed? And we don't want to have finger pointing. Uh, there's a lot of potential for that here. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in your in your position, is, is there a way? to be able to manage that and, and it, do you have any thoughts on, on maybe how that, that's gonna play out moving forward? Yeah, um, I mean,
3: my opinion is that as professionals in the AV industry, we're never well served to point the finger at anyone else, right? And even though we might be using IT's you know, infrastructure to move our data around, it's still our software it's still our computers that it's loaded on, it's still our virtual servers, right? We may not be the ones who can spin it up or you know, necessarily access it or make those changes, but we're still putting our stuff in locations and we still need to make sure that we take responsibility for that and treat it like it's an actual physical box, even though it might not be, right? Is it scary where you wonder, hey, if the network drops, the network drops and there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, there are, there are certain limitations where you know, yeah, a physical cable is not going to drop, right? So we all love the analog world, um, you know, especially I came from live sound. So I love, you know, lo- you know I love us a great uh, digital console, but there's still nothing about being able to, you know, physically grab the XLR cable and walk it all the way from point A to point B and find the failure point. Well, that's gone now. Um, but we still have to now, make sure that we're taking ownership of where ours is. Just because it goes on a virtual server doesn't mean we wash our hands of it and go, now it's somebody else's problem. Because we're still having to get into the settings of whatever that software is and make sure that you know it's connecting in the way we would have expected it to connect if it were still a standard box. Right.
0: Nick, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll um, throw this over to you. Um, we, we talked a little bit about uh, now these conversations that have to happen, and to to Joe's point, you know we all have to work together. And Rich was saying, you know, a lot more planning and communication has to go into this. Is this our our inroads to having a a bigger seat at the table from a, a, as a programmer?
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, we joked about the, the line drawing with just a big cloud sitting in the middle. So we as control system programmers and by extension uh, system design engineers are, that, are the link to creating that cloud that's in the middle, creating the, the, defining the configuration of everything that goes in between, defining what software is running uh, to, to manage these services. Um, so, absolutely. Yeah, as control system programmers, uh, we, there are uh, sunny days ahead as long as we stay on top of our game, stay educated, conti- continue getting uh, educated, and take our seat at the table. It's, re- it's really um, it's being offered up on a silver platter uh, at this point with soft- software defined AB coming about. Um, it's really
0: just a matter of being able to to take control of it. Hey, Rich, I'll uh, wrap it up with you as we're getting close on time. Um, the, the, the business is obviously changing The The mindset is changing. And, and as you said before, now you have to really learn. I mean, we, we've all kind of said networking is really where it's at. What, 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 are there ways to to do that? What what advice would you have to a programmer or or even a, you know a, a, another uh, industry professional to be able to to build those chops and and you know be successful in, in this new world that's going to be hitting us?
1: I'm going to cross promote you right here in this moment, and I'm going to say, get to know the technology managers. Um, spend your time developing your team and, and your, um, you know, your pool of professionals that you work with now more than ever. And again, I, I'm, you know, again, it, it's resi is, is where I live. It's, it's my happy place. And, you know, over the past few years, commercial, i found my fondest for it again, but you know, so, so we're we'll just set the resi side apart. Cause that, you know, I think the rules still apply. I think that you still have to, partner with network professionals. You need to, um, you know, my feeling has always been put yourself with a group of people where you're the dumbest guy in the room. That that's always been my feeling, right? You know, I want, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I want to surround myself with smart, competent people that I can learn from. Um, and, and I think that applies, you know, pretty much universally. However, in commercial and in, in industrial education, all over there, there are people, there are groups, there are teams, there are departments, that have specific jobs and roles, who can be that bridge for you. And so part of it, and even as the business owner of a, a, you know, a, a programming company, or the programmer, the field person, learn the process, learn where to communicate, you know? And, and, and it's, what it's always been for programmers, and we've always said it, is, you've gotta be open, you've gotta be flexible, you've gotta be willing to learn what everybody else is doing, and adapt to what they need. Because honestly, that's what control system programming is anyway, right? It, it's it's not about us. It's not about putting our fingerprint on something. It is about what does that user need? What is the fastest way and the most intuitive and efficient way to deliver? And then how do we adapt what we do to make it easier for them? You just apply it to people. You just apply it to those departments, especially now um, with the way that we're going is that you, You, you know. If, if you're used to just tapping alone on your laptop in a room and, you know, blasting your headphones to Norwegian death metal, good on but, uh, you. But you got to start talking to people, you know, and and that's really the biggest the biggest bit of advice that I'd have is that, you know, it, it, it's, it's being a collaborating, being a team player and learning and, and, and uh, uh, being empathetic to what these other guys are doing. Uh, I think is, is kind of that step in, in the direction that we should be looking at.
0: I think that's great advice for life in general. <laughs> and that, that's why we do have a, a diverse panel and what we try to, to bring in different voices onto the show. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, this has been a, a wonderful conversation and I'm sure something that we'll be revisiting in the future. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for being here. Nick uh, Miller, uh, how can people get in touch with you and uh, learn what you're up to?
2: can
0: find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, pretty much any social media at Nick Mill. And uh, Joe, uh, Joe Way from USC, thanks for being here. I uh, hope this was a good first uh, guest appearance and we hope to have you back again. Uh, how could people get in touch with you? I know you also have your own podcast as well as you're involved in an association of higher ed tech managers. So tell us about that.
3: Yeah. No, thank you for uh, having me on. Longtime listener, first time caller here. So this was fantastic. Um, I uh, Yeah. So you can find me on all the social media uh, at Josiah Way. Um, and then also uh, the Higher Ed AV podcast at Higher Ed AV and uh, Higher Ed Technology Manager Alliance. If you're in higher ed, love to have you come help us out. And that is hetma at hetma underscore org. So there's all of them
0: excellent and rich uh, last but not least another great show how could people get in touch with you those that don't already know and uh what tell us what you're up to uh
1: for a fire for a fireside chat with uncle richie um you can find me on the interwebs uh at our fragosa on twitter um you can type my name into the interwebs that shows up um fragosa design first and foremost though uh, i'd love for you to find me here at av nation um we've got our suite of shows obviously a state of control and we have Many other shows that service the AV industry. So that 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 would mean the most to me if you came and found this here.
0: And uh, every time I hear you on Rescue Week, it brings a smile to my face. And we're always uh, cross promoting, as you said. So. Uh- Thanks, uh, everyone. Uh, My name is Steve Greenblatt. You can reach me, uh, my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net or on social uh, at simply at Steve Greenblatt. But as Rich said, most importantly, visit avnation.tv to learn more about this show and all the other shows on the network as well as coverage of the events in the industry, such as what recently passed ISC as well as upcoming Infocom and and many others. Uh, While you're at the website, please take some time to visit the supporters. Those are the people that helped to make this show and others possible. And uh, Rich and and I would also like to hear from you. So I know that there's a number of listeners that we run into from time to time and tell us that they are listening, but it'd be great to hear from you uh, more regularly. So please reach out to us, let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of, and uh, we'll be sure to take care of it and uh, talk about it for you. As well as we are always looking for people who are interested in being part of the show. So that'll be it for today on A State of Control.